I can learn from you. Whoa. You can take me under your wing. Just like no, you other can't. podcast. <laughs> Metacast. I'm Josh Anderson. And I'm Bob Galen. Indeed. Indeed. I've got to come up with a better line. I I always struggle for that first word after you say I know. Galen. I feel like there should be a better... Well, welcome to beautiful punch. downtown Cary, North Carolina, everyone. Yep. We used to do that. And then you would come up with the GPS positioning system and talk about... It's because we, we weren't downtown. We weren't down yet. Well, we don't, I, want, I love your precision, uh, Josh. <laughs> right? you have to be, we have to be precise. <laughs> For God's sakes. So, welcome. So speaking of being precise, yes. we just flipped the switch to six years. Every, Metacasters, it has been, if you, I can't imagine, if there's someone out there and you've been with us for six years. And you're not my mom. And, exactly. Or related <laughs> to us in any way. Or or if you've even not been there for six years, but you've been with us. Did you see the email the other day, the day uh, where the guy said he was listening to Metacast? And he was up to, like, number 43. He started at the beginning. God bless his little heart. And he stuck with us. And he stuck with us to 43. <laughs> and and, I, and it, with the implication that he's continuing on because he liked it. I mean, I like hearing that he's liking it. But he started at the beginning. So if you've been there for six years or if you, like uh, that young man, if you started at the beginning and you've listened to the, the majority of our Medicasts, uh, drop us a line. We owe you a, a sticker. Gosh, we owe them flowers, hugs, we, hugs. If and I a, could package hugs, uh, I'll send you. Them. I'll send you a book of your choice. Uh, I've got three books. No, my books. Not any. Not, I'm not going to go out <laughs> and buy them. I'm too cheap. So, but we'll send you a book and a sticker. So let us know if you've been there from the beginning, in spirit or or in elapsed time. But mm-hmm. six years, Josh. Yes, it's been. It's we're shaking hands, Metacasters. It's it, yes, we're almost having a bro, bro hug, a no, bromance, a bromance. <laughs> no, 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 right. no, no, please. Okay, fine. Uh, it's I. I never thought it would be six years. So you what never thought this would work. I never thought it would work from the beginning. No. So we're going to. Well, no, wasn't the, I the one that thought it was going to no, work? No. Wasn't I the no, enthusiastic no. sort of indici- like the spark plug that started this? The idea, the, the ideation. No, Bob. No. No. So we thought we'd cover the origin story of the Metacast and how we got here. So where did we, you and I meet? You and I met at Teradata. Terra. Oh. <laughs> how do you feel about that, <laughs> Terra. Data. Yes. Yes, we did. Like, yeah. over. I joined. So you stayed there for a while. I left early. I sort of bailed out a little You saw earlier. the writing on the wall like a smart man. No. I didn't stay there very long. A friend of mine, Ralph Kasuba, and I joined together. And um, did I stay there a year? Probably not. A little bit under. A little bit under a year. I think Ralph got out as well. Uh, You stayed there for, what, after I left, like two, three, four more years or something? I was there, I think, four years. Total? So you you were an iron man when it came to Teradata. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But that's where we met. Uh, And from the beginning, you were a newbie. Mm -hmm. Uh, You were there before me, Mm -hmm. as I recall. 
Uh, what were you hired? I think you were hired as a CI guy or something, right? As a continuous integration. I was just hired to be hired, and they kept finding roles for me. Originally, to do some sort of CI, I was like the build master. Like build master, yeah. tools guy. Yeah. You moved down here from Ohio, right? Yep. So, so this was a relocation. Yep. And a new guy, and then you took me under your wing. Yeah. So to speak, because in agile, mm-hmm. so you had some agile chops. Teradata <clears throat> Metacasters was one of the most mature Agile instances I think I've ever encountered in my career. Uh, so, so Josh, really? Would, no, that, <laughs> not not really. That was a blatant lie, everyone. Uh, but they they liked maturity. So I think you and I started maybe being a champion around Agile or mm-hmm. working together around Agile, um, and and that's how we met. Yeah, you were on the. I think when you came on board, I had started to take on some of the development leadership roles. Well, they kept giving you. Teradata had this habit of, of, not a habit, but they would give, if someone had leadership, it was a good habit, where they would give people leadership responsibilities. So Mm -hmm. I remember during that time, you kept getting responsibilities. But you kept, you weren't officially an Agile coach. Neither was I. I I was like a manager of QA or something. And then I was a project. Oh, now I remember. That's right. They hired me as a release manager working for, I won't even mention. You and I were both, you and I were, so I interviewed for that role. Oh, and I was lucky enough to get it. And and, uh, Gonzalo said, this role's not for you, but I have this other role. We're going to hire you in here, and then we'll find the right place for you. Okay. And I wanted to move from Ohio, so I'm like, all right, great. I just just yeah. give you a job, and then I will knock it out of the park, and yeah. we'll see where it goes. Yeah. yeah, so I interviewed for that job and then didn't get that job, and I'm very happy I didn't get so that So that was job. release manager. So Metacasters, that was sort of a um, – they wanted to be agile, so they had a very traditional PMP, PMO-driven, CMM. It was actually a, con- a capability maturity model shop. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, uh, but very traditional processes. But they were aspiring. The group in uh, Raleigh did, uh, what, customer CRM apps or something? Yeah, we did all the applications engineering, so the stuff that ran on the data warehouse. Right, stuff. We were the sticky generator, so stuff that made the data warehouse more sticky so you couldn't get get rid of it. So yeah. big CRM systems for CVS, exporting goods, Toys R Us, big banks, yep. all that stuff. So the apps group wanted to be more quote unquote agile, I guess, mm-hmm. and they started hiring some folks and aspiring to that. But it was, it, it sort of, I mean, we made progress. I think at some point uh, we were coaching and stuff. But it, I, I left there. I was frustrated with their lack, uh, with their maybe their traditional mindset. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a leader there, uh, Josh Benson Gonzalo, and Gonzalo was a good, you know. So not it's not personal, but he's one of these traditional managers. Who was who was just really aimly focused on, and you keep me honest, Josh, but like fixed scope, fixed dates, fixed planning to some degree. And yeah, the iron triangle was cast iron. Yeah, which there. doesn't which doesn't map. I mean, a lesson learned. So we're not just whining or we're not just reminiscing, but it it has a p- applicability to the metacast is that you need flexibility in the Iron Triangle, and you can't just say it. So Gonzalo would say that he had the flexibility, but he really didn't have the flexibility. And he wanted everything planned out, and he wanted some level of, you know, t- you know hour commitment, just traditional, I think, Gantt charts, traditional yeah. planning, traditional commitment uh, to plans to then communicate that upward. 
And then if something happened, you weren't allowed to. You had to suck it up and mm-hmm. hit the date. It was a traditional plan. A lot of death marches. A lot of death marches. Yeah. It's like we're, we're going to plan when we know the least. Uh, then we're going to commit to something when we know the least. Mm-hmm. And there's not variability. So I think as a coach, I saw that early on. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the wins that we got, right? I want to turn this into a positive spin because it did um, it did help me in many ways, and it gave me the opportunity to go through. Well, so you were there. I was I was sort of a just a, you know a wind you know right. a hand wave in the dark dur- during a brief stint. Why don't you talk about what you consider the wins, and then we can talk about them or I'll react to them. So sure. So I think the biggest thing was that was my. First large-scale agile transition, which is different than what we're doing here with the dude. At the dude, I classify as a, as an adoption, right? We didn't go from waterfall to something. We went from nothing to agile. Well, this is a, this a is a greenfield, right? This is completely greenfield. There was yeah. no there's no transition going from X to Y. Whereas at Teradata, it was your classic: we are a waterfall shop, and we want to become more agile. What do we do? Yeah. So. So so far in classic waterfall, as when I got there, they had the um, design process where all where all development would stop, and the engineers would go and write design docs, and they would spend months doing this, and they would be hundreds of pages long, and I can remember asking when I got there, like, okay, great, you do all this work, how much of the development is done against the design docs and they said like maybe five percent right so to me that was the first big win was what why are we doing that so so moving to incremental design a little bit more yep i mean i don't think you were ever and again i'm not challenging your wins because Mm -hmm. i wasn't there but i want to sort of serve as a foil Uh, but the cmm says that so their gate i remember teradata had this phase gate process Mm -hmm. I forget what they called it, but I mean, there was a tool wrapped around it. They had meetings wrapped around yeah. it, so requirements were signed off, and then you phase gated to another to a construction phase or right, something. Right, but those requirements we evolved them from hundred page long docs to requirements. So you lean them, yes, and so you had to change the process or at least get flexibility in the process to accept like partial design, partial requirements. Yeah, right? so the so the large scale process that Teradata the company ran by we as the applications engineering group were nowhere close to changing that, especially when we started. Before I left there were discussions around do we replace this process, do we change the process? And there were folks that were trying to make that change because they're a multi-billion-dollar company, yep. right? So they're sizable. Um, so to me, that was the first step of just identifying waste and not removing it, but reducing it. Um, but the big hurdle that we had there was folks jump, as often happens, to the other end of the spectrum, where it's like, woohoo, we're not doing any design. Well, because they've been restricted, yeah. So for so long. I mean, that's that's actually a pretty common transition uh, of if you've been you know under the thumb of CMM or under the thumb of a traditional process and agile hits you you actually you oscillate to the extreme and make mm-hmm. a mistake on the lightweight side of things yeah so I did not see that when I was there so you saw that while you were there yeah so there so there was to your point from one end of the spectrum to the other and then trying to get us to, to oscillate and narrow in on the right amount we got right. close towards the end but that was a four-year effort. Right. Um, another big win was um, <clears throat> just getting testing to happen within a sprint. 
So when I started, they were doing sprints, air quotes. You can't see those. Um, and what Agile was at that time was we did a stand-up. The stand-ups happened to be like a half hour long. Right. And, that, and they did some sort of sprint planning, but it was really not very good at all. And there was development done in one sprint, and then that was deployed to an environment. For QA. For it QA. was a classic scrum yeah. or fall yeah, exactly. shop. I mean, even to the extreme of, to your point, sprint one development, sprint two, QA. So it was a skewed testing sprint sort of in the beginning. Yeah. I saw that as well. Right. And then um, we just the arguments that we work, work through of – you can't possibly test the code if it's written in the same sprint. You just flat out can't do it. And just getting folks to try it. That was a big win for, for us. Hey, let's just try it. Well, I led the testing group. One of my roles at the time was leading the testing group. And the testing group, so forget development, forget the teams, but just the testers were incredibly resistant to this because they had, they were so comfortable or so used to traditional waterfall, you know, elongated waterfall mm-hmm. testing periods where you have everything done. And then you go yep. through full regression passes and things like that, that they they weren't really even though it was painful to go through that, they didn't they didn't they couldn't see themselves testing in the sprint either. Right. They wanted so they were asking, they were sort of you know, they were pleading for the teams to just throw it over the wall to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they looked at me like I had three heads when I initially yep. tried to suggest that. I don't think I ever got much traction. We 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 sort of talked about testing in the sprints, and I think there was a little bit of traction. But having it in everyone's DNA, it wasn't. It was not when I left. It was not in people's DNA no, to no. do that to actually behave as a team. Yeah, we were we were forcing it in. Had to be very prescriptive with things. We actually got one team there that would automate the acceptance criteria within the sprint and that would be the green like hey the story's green we're good um so we got there with one team and then as we grew we kept getting more and more by hiring in new new folks that had that and that's one thing to talk about is that we saw what i believe to be a relatively normal amount of folks leaving during during the transition so about 10 percent of our team left of their own volition yes okay yeah just so as change was occurring, they were yeah. getting more and more uncomfortable with it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's... I don't know if there's a magic number, but I look at that as a healthy... Yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't have a target, but I, I've seen people leave any good agile transformation. People are uncomfortable. It's, yeah. it's like the water starts heating up and they yeah. want to just leave the water, right? And it's fair. You know, the biggest thing that folks said to me, and I completely understood, is this is not how I was hired to work. This is not what I signed up for. So I was, I get it. I appreciate that level of honesty. I'd rather have someone say that. And then it's like, you know, I'll congruently get them out the door. I'll do whatever I can literally to help them find another opportunity. I'd rather do that than someone. There were people at Teradata. I remember who stayed entrenched Mm -hmm. and they sabotaged things or they just were curmudgeons. Right. And I, and, and so you can't, but they didn't leave. Right. They stayed there and they became bad apples or something and they continued on in the QA group. I remember a few folks like that. I would have, it, it would have been much healthier if they mm-hmm. would have just sort of raised their hand and said, this is uncomfortable. Right. So, so that's a, that's a healthy part. I have one, uh, I'm trying to stay positive. I, I remember there once, I forget what team it was, but we, we threw them in a conference room. I remember we were t- we were having one of the, the they struggles. They chose to go in the conference yeah. room. Yeah. Do you remember? I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember. I remember. I to this day, I remember that. 
so it was the of, Incredibles. Was that what it, that was, was their team name? Yeah, they were struggling with their uh, their collaboration and and the walls. If you remember Tear Data, the cube walls, I always felt were an inhibitor. Mm-hmm. Like the environment was so what five foot cube uh, walls. Yeah. The high cube walls, everything was a cube. So Bob couldn't see over the cubes. Hardly anyone. You could you could see over the cubes, <laughs> Mister <laughs> Mister X Footballer, but not everyone could. And it wasn't very so. It was uncollaborative, but it was a little bit more extreme than that. Mm-hmm. And and so the I think the configuration screwed up that a little bit. But they volunteered to go into this conference room for a two week sprint and to move all their equipment. So developers, to the team, the the cross functional team. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, they actually got it. They, uh, developers and testers worked together. They fixed, you know, a, a tester found a bug and a developer would look at it and fix the bug. Right. And it was sort of, they came out, as they, not, not perfect, but as a quintessential Agile team. Yeah. Uh, and I remember that. To this, they, took, they took the challenge on. They were open-minded enough to try it. Mm-hmm. And it actually made a difference for and them. And then I screwed up. You know how I screwed up? What? So they so they became the gold standard. Where did they become the gold standard? Yeah, because they just kept accelerating. But I could see that because right. of the, you know, it's like getting a spark plug under these teams. There was really hard. Yeah. But that team, I think, got it. They did. They got it. So, what I then did in my infinite wisdom or lack thereof was I broke that team apart and tried to oh, put them. No, yeah, you didn't. No. I did. Oh, <laughs> that was, shit. That's one of those no. things I look back. I as, know, and I've just, done that. And yeah. It's, uh, so, so in in an attempt to infuse that same mindset throughout yep. the entire team, because I think I had like five teams at that point. Yeah, but there was a lot of folks that didn't get it, so right. I can see the driver. So we had one really good team that got it, and they were off and running of their, just like Bob said, their own choice. They went in the conference room, they got it, they started taking off, and they became the gold standard for Agile at Teradata. This is how we do it. Um, that was awesome. And then I said, okay. We're going to take these people and we're going to break them up and put them in different sprinkle teams, them across teams and fix the other teams. And it just fell flat on its face. Yeah. And that's a lesson that I've learned. Did you ever recompose them? Did they ever? It's hard to no, do that, right? No, it just was. It just fizzles yeah, out. Yeah. I just screwed that up really bad. I remember that team. And no one, none of the other teams were really at the, you can't force them. So to, to your point, Josh, they volunteer, you know, you influence, but then they, mm-hmm. they step into that opportunity. The other teams, I don't think, were really interested in doing that. That was a resistant. That was an incredibly resistant culture. There, the people were resistant. I think there. there I don't know why. Su- so there were subsets of the folks in Raleigh after you left and after we got some success because we actually did have some. Um, I I ended up getting sent on what I called the Agile Roadshow, where I would get sent around to the offices in San Diego. Oh, you did that. And Los Angeles. And, Tur- and Toronto. And you went to Toronto as well. Beijing and said, okay, here's how we've done Agile in the Teradata process. Because they had a big process. Yeah. And and we had come up with something that worked. It wasn't perfect. It, I wouldn't even call it as Agile as you could be. Cer- certainly not. But it got to a point where, where it made life better. So then I started getting invited to go to all these other teams and talking through and there was a lot of excitement around that and how we started to get things turned. And I think we did make a difference there. We moved on and didn't see it. Have you stayed it. in touch with them to this day? Is a it, few folks, yeah. Is it more? Is it less than when you left? Is it is it continuing to iterate? Do you know? It's from the local here in Raleigh, that's all I know. I haven't stayed in touch with the folks in San Diego, which were the ones, actually San Diego and Los Angeles seem to be really excited about it. 
so I don't know how much they've done with it. But here in Raleigh, they've had a bunch of leadership changes, and that's kind of reduced the opportunity for that to accelerate. Um, so I was hoping it would really con continue to grow because that's really what I want to do is when I leave a place, I feel like I've done a good enough job. If right. it keeps going in that same direction, doesn't fall fall flat. So that's I mean that's the most I fun for. I had, and, and don't take I mean again I I was trying to influence Raleigh, but I feel like I had more of an effect on Toronto mm -hmm. when I was at Teradata than I did on Raleigh because I in Toronto invited well, or I was asked to go to Toronto and I did some training and some kickoffs up there, and I remember the folks there. And again, you know, it's it's challenging. The domain is challenging. The technologies are challenging, et cetera. But the people were more open-minded in Toronto mm -hmm. I, as a whole. Even leadership up there was slightly more open-minded. Yep. But the, the teams sort of grokked it. The teams embraced it up there. The environment was a little different. Uh, the history, I think, of people. Now, I'm not sure it's stuck there right. as well. I think they – did they engage a coach? They engaged a mm -hmm. coach at one point to do some assessments or something. Yeah. Um, but but they were they were they were interesting as well. So the, so the one thing that all of this happens is um, the origin story of of the Metacast and how we got here. So what would happen is Bob and I, Bob more on the test, me more on the dev side, would end up going to lunch and having debates and arguments about specific things we could do to try and make life better there there at Teradata to get us more agile. And we would disagree. Sometimes we would agree, which was relatively rare, but we would go to lunch. And the conversations were just like they are now. So we would get into it. We would argue. We would agree. We would laugh a lot. Um, and you, were, you were the only passionate partner I had. I mean, Ralph was there. There was maybe a handful of people. Yeah. But you and I established sort of a, like a passionate, like-minded partnership. Mm -hmm. uh, we would we would mostly agree, but we would have what I liked is the passionate debate around things. You brought this young newbie, not a youngster. I mean, yeah. you have experience. Well, but compared you, to you, but you brought different different experiences yeah. uh, to the play. I brought some, and we just had a nice conversation. You know, in the office, they were just nice, passionate conversations right. in the office. I remember always coming over to your cube, but you would come mostly. You were by the window, I think. You had a primo at I the did. time, a primo window yeah. spot. So, so that was I would sort of gravitate to the sun <laughs> as opposed to the darkness inside. <laughs> I was in the dark. I was in the middle in the dark. Uh, but then, uh, then what? Then I remember I was leaving, and I think when I was leaving, you came up with this idea of the Metacast. Yeah. Right? So I can remember we were. At a Mexican restaurant. Oh, you remember more than I do then. And I remember throwing out the idea, and you quickly dismissed it. Really? Yeah. Open-minded, Bob? <laughs> did I did I dash it? It was like, like I had to keep bringing it up in the conversation. Like, Bob, I really think if we just put a microphone in front of us, I think people would like it. And they I call it, actually... and Bob, they call it a podcast. <laughs> and they actually record it, not on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept trying, and he was like, e e maybe, sure, yeah. And then you would move on to the next topic. I kept trying to bring it up, kept trying to bring it up. Um, and then I don't. I think you just agreed to the first recording just to shut me up. No. I, the, my real resistance wasn't. I, I Clearly, I enjoy collaborating yeah. with you, Josh. But it was like I didn't see us. And, and this is where you knew. Metacasters, I will go on record. This has been very few. But Josh was right, and I was wrong. Yes. But but my issue was I couldn't see us having enough words to to. 
I can't, I, I can't say this with a straight face, but I couldn't see us, us, both of us, and me too, having enough words or enough conversations. I'm like, you, know, you remember I said that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like we could do two or three. I'm like, yeah. oh, Josh, we have two or three, and then what the hell do we do? Yeah. And you were you were pretty adamant. You were like, oh, no, 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 I, I see this. And not that we could have 80. I never envisioned 80. Did yeah. you ever envision no. 80? No. I never did. Or six yeah. years? No. I was never there, yeah. but I was like, shit, we're going to have like three, two or three conversations, and then we're going to be sitting there looking at each other, and then it'll just poop out. And I'm like, yeah. well, why go through the effort of doing that if it's going to poop out in two or three episodes? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you were you were right. Stubborn. Uh, it, it's, it, I, mean, I, I mean, we've not run out of ever. No, topic. we just made a list of like five more things we can talk about. Right. We've gone into Medicare's. Metacasters, and it's like you know, I'm like, oh, I don't think this is meaty enough. And then 45 minutes later, and then we're like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> goodbye from beautiful downtown <laughs> Carrie. It's it's true. I mean, that we've we've had some topics that aren't juicy enough, right. but in general, I've been pleasantly surprised mm-hmm. that we can we can fill things up. Right. Uh, and if you look back on our track record, Josh, I don't think there's a lot of redundant. We we cross connect to different metacasts in mm-hmm. our memory sometimes. But we're not repeating ourselves. Right. And we've intentionally revisited a few things. Like we said, oh, we talked, like, safe was one of those things. Where safe came up, you were grumpy about it. And then you and I spent some more time, and we did a revisit, I think, a year later. But you went to the class, even, I think. So so one of the things we've done is as we've, and I'm pretty proud of this, but we've we've learned. Mm -hmm. So Spotify, I busted your, I still bust your chops about Spotify. You weren't the only one. Right? But But... You know, that's you're staying relevant. Uh, scalability, scaling frameworks. Mm-hmm. We've we've learned things, I think, over time. So, you know, four four or five years ago, to me, the scaling framework was Scrum of Scrums. Right now, there's frameworks. Well, we've 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 sort of we're not just sitting here we're on our experience. I'm proud that we continue to learn. Right, you're learning here on the job. I'm learning out there with my coaching, and I think we complement each other that way. But that was the beginning, Metacasters. It, I was I was slightly curmudgeonly. I know that's hard. I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> but For I, who? Um, but I <laughs> but I was, and uh, but Josh convinced me, and uh, and we've been pretty. I'm pretty. You know, we have downtimes. Yeah, we lose our mojo and our momentum. But in general, we keep going and keep trucking. Yeah, from a. I think we started. We started at my house. And recording in the little office that I had there with my kids running around in the background. So are my poor wife trying to keep them quiet. So our location, remember, yeah. in that office, it's yeah. probably not even an office anymore. You probably converted it to a bar it's or a discotheque. Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> right? But that room off the entranceway, we went in there. I think it has glass doors yeah. or something. Yeah. And we tried that. And your kids, your kids are rambunctious. <laughs> yeah, they and, were like and your poor four and... Two. And this was in the evenings, yeah. which is in that sort of twilight between high energy and go to bed, right? <laughs> well, it's when Dad comes home. And that's Dad, normally playtime. Well, and, and Dad, they don't see you for the whole right. day. So it's yeah. like, ah. Uh, so we did it there a little bit. Then we did it at my house a little bit. Yep. And the dog. So <laughs> then the juxtaposition is, we and we did it early. So we tried doing it in the evenings at your house. Yeah. Then we did it at like the, the crack of dawn at my yes. house. Remember? Mm-hmm. And you would like... I would try and sneak in. And you would scratch waking. at the door without waking the dogs. <laughs> no, no, it's true. Remember? <laughs> yes, I do. And I would sort of like, I would sort of, you know, 
push you up the stairs. So no, because the dogs went like crazy, and you would sneak in. Yeah. I mean, Metacasters picture this big football tight end guys <laughs> sneaking up my yeah. stairs. Air quotes. Yes. So uh, then we did that, and then I, I. But that was that was longer. Mm-hmm. Your house was shorter. My yeah. house was a little longer. Yeah, my shirt was not. Or my. House was not it viable. Didn't, it didn't work out, and then and then we've just been follow. I've been following you around. Yeah. Uh, I think. What did we do before we got here? Uh, at my last company, Step Leader, we just had a conference room. Oh, we did it at Step Leader. Yeah. I, yeah. So yeah. I would come to I would come to Step Leader, and we would just do it on the jobs. Yep. Uh, which was closer to beautiful. That was beautiful downtown Raleigh, that North was, Carolina. That actually was downtown Raleigh. Yeah, that was that was by the prison. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> so we would look out the window and see the prison. Um, what else can we share about? How about why we do this? Sure. We, we, I, we've sort of danced around it. Uh, and, and I'll put a link on the Metacast to uh, my blog. I recently talked about why I do it. But uh, wh- why? What, what, why do you do this, Metacast? So thing? there's the selfish reason and then the non-selfish reason. Selfish reason is it forces us to get together and talk and spend time together. And that, to me... That's a good thing. It makes me happy. I enjoy time with Bob. So this, oh, so, this so so this forces that. To Metacasters happen. remember this. You've never heard that before, and it'll be six in six years. Well, <laughs> I could edit that out. Oh, please, oh, what? <laughs> what? He takes away my my little my little candle in uh, the wind. But to me, that's the selfish reason. Like, like I get excited when it's a medic. Like uh, Bob and I are going to go. We're going to lock ourselves in a room, and we're going to laugh for about forty five minutes. And that, to me, that's enjoyable. And and you and I, just like you said, are learning from each other. Just in different venues, doing the same thing, different angles, that's really beneficial. But I think the key thing, the non-selfish version that we talk about a lot is we just want to help. We actually want to make a difference. And we think the experiences that we have can help somebody. Just even if it's one person, if they go home and they listen to the, medca- to, to the Medicast and tomorrow morning they have an idea hey, I can try this with my team, and I think we can make a difference, then I think we've won. And, and that's really all it's been about for me. That that young guy that said, I'm, I started at the beginning, I'm at 43. Yeah. I, that's exactly, I mean, that's one person who we've added value to. Uh, and I'm sure there's other folks that are doing similar things. I, I don't, it's not even about the numbers from my mm-hmm. point of view. I mean, we, we have increasing listeners, et cetera. We pay attention to click rates. But from my point of view, and, the, and we're aligned that way, so I think we're both aligned yeah. along those two dimensions. One, I have fun. I have, I have fun. Yeah. Jo- so I enjoy it. That's why I'm here. If I, if I found this was boring or something, I probably would bail out. Uh, but I have fun, and I'm learning, and, and I think we have this unique relationship where we sharpen each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you feel sometimes, you know, maybe I sharpen, but I you sharpen me a lot. I think it's an equal proposition. Right. Well, but uh, you have... You have more experience of being where I'm at than I have. And I, one thing that I've uh, struggled with over my tenure is having a mentor that I can go and ask a question and know they've been there and they've done that. And there have been a couple times where I've just mentioned a couple things. You're like, dude, why are you doing that? Stop doing that and do this. And I don't like it because it's not what I want to do, but it was the right answer. So then I go, I put it in practice, and I'm like, oh, damn it, Bob's right you know, and then I see how that makes the team operate better, the products yep. better, all of that stuff. And there have been multiple times throughout 
these six years where it's like, oh, dang, I'm glad I had Bob to talk but to. But that's the experience side. But in, in, in your case also, it's like the practical, you know, the stuff you talk about with release, you know, the topics if Medicare should go back on release planning, <laughs> some of the, no, no, we've had this debate and I've abused yeah. you about release planning, but you're doing neat, you're like, I'm doing continuous release planning. Right. Well, I never heard of something like that. Right. And not very many people have heard of something like that. But it makes sense here, and it actually it's it's sort of an interesting thing to think about, mm-hmm. uh, and to think about the why. It's not just the doing it; it's the why behind it. Uh, so I'm in the same place, uh, but it's also the giving back to the community. Um, it's it's walking our talk. Uh, so hopefully, you shoot me and I shoot you if we if we just start being these pro, you know these sort of prognosticators of agile, right? And, and we don't practice what we preach. Uh, you may not like what we say, but hopefully you, you respect us for walking our talk, mm-hmm. right? It's and, and, and we're not saying you have to practice everything we say. But for God, I know that I, gosh, I'm trying to be agile and learn. I'm trying to have it in my DNA, and I know you are as well. Mm-hmm. And part of that to me is giving back to other people. Part of that is teaching. Part of that is mentoring. Part of that is sharing. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm proud of the fact that we do that. That's the why as well. Right. So I think on principle, our whys are, are roughly the same. Um, how are we doing on the Metacast, Josh? On this one? Oh, we're good. Are we good? Yeah. Can we wrap it up? Yeah, I so, think so. So Metacasters, I am, I'm, just, I'm proud to have Josh as a colleague, a friend, uh, a podcaster, and six years is – I didn't even think it was going to be six pod, I didn't think it was going to be six <laughs> minutes. <laughs> and this is no joke. I just didn't see, I didn't see it. And Josh's perseverance really—he is sort of the ideator. He will try things, and he—and he is damn pushy sometimes as well. I have been accused of being the dreamer. Yeah, You're late. that's the label I'm getting. And then actually, Richard made a really good analogy. He said, "You know something you do that I'm really uncomfortable with is you jump and then look. You you do. You know, and this was one of those things where I jumped. You do. And I and I grabbed onto your hand and said, and Bob, I, we're and, going. And you don't just jump; you pull people along." <laughs> You do, you do, and 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 that's. I think there's some agileness in that as well. So I just want to say thanks for doing it. Thanks, Metacasters, for listening. Uh, I don't know if I have six years of topics in me, but I hope we continue to do this. We for can a do while. it. Absolutely. It, it has not been boring over the last six years. So well, I, and it's evolved. Like we like we started talking about very specific Scrum stuff. Like we talked about roles and Scrum masters, and we go back to that at times. But we've evolved just as Agile has, right? Just like you mentioned, it started out as just Scrum, and then there's frameworks. So we've talked about those, and I think it will continue to evolve, and our topics will do the same. Well, we've talked about one of the areas, Metacast, is just to tease you a little bit, is having inviting guests. Yes. Uh, we want to do much more. We've done some uh, remote Metacast at conferences, and we'll continue to do that if Josh and I ever land in the same conference. But we've talked about uh, we're going to have some guests here uh, in beautiful downtown Cary and uh, invite some folks. So that's an area where I think we can – it's it's not that we're running out of ideas, but I think it's this this collaborative sort of get some really innovation and creative and new ideas and new – you know, sort of new blood and new topics into the Metacast. So you mentioned wanting to do that at the start of 2015, and we did a little bit of it. We had a really good one with the POs here, and we had a recording – this was right before we got the new mics, and that's actually what pushed me over the edge of we got to get mics. Is just the recording of that was horrible. I couldn't yeah. fix it. I tried for months to try and do a cleanup, 
and it just just wasn't going to work. So I was like, if we're going to be serious, we got to make and that this was investment. A, that was not a bad. Uh, it was not a bad one. It was a pretty. It was good a one. good. The content yeah. was good, but yeah. the audio was horrible yeah. and not not something I wanted to ship with. So we're gonna, we need we're to gonna revisit do, that. We're going to do more. So look for that in 2016 in, in more three-way and four-way conversations, which I think will juice things up. Uh, but I wanted to just say thank you for listening, and thanks, Josh. Thank you, Bob. So as well. So find us the way you found us. That's right. If you need, if you have ideas or comments or anything, you can post them on our website. Every episode has comments that are at the bottom. You can hit us up on Twitter. Just send us a mention on Twitter. Um, email address. We're going to fix that, get that publicized. Anything that's out there, um, please reach out to us. Let us know. Reviews help tremendously. Comments help tremendously. Everything you can do helps us build, build a better show, helps us show up in more searches to help us meet the goal of reaching more people. Global thermonuclear metacast domination of the Agile universe. Ooh, war games references. Yeah. Bonus. Yes. We're there. So let us know. Reach out to us. We're here for you. Yes. So I'm Bob Galen. And I'm Josh Anderson. Shake. And bake. Take care, y'all.